get right into it. Let's make this happen. Boom. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to another fun and exciting-filled episode of TCAT, Theatrical Conjecture and Dissertation, fancy name for an unfancy show. It is I, Don the Legend Chamber. It's coming back at you from sunny Southern California. And guess who is in the building? Not literally, but metaphorically speaking, <laughs> she's on the correct side of the country, Ms. Jure Stewart. How you doing, Ms. Stewart? I'm doing good. I hope, you know, to stay out here for a little while. So it, we'll see. It, it it is good to have you back in his house. Um welcome back to civilization. You know. I'm telling you, I don't I don't uh, that weather, it's 75 degrees outside that, and you can't, can't beat, beat that. Yeah, can't beat that. It's it's just a lovely thing. It's, it's lovely August thing. 15th and it's like <laughs> I need a I need a sweater. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be that with a stick. Well, it's it's good to have you back out on the left coast, the west coast. Um, yeah, seventy five. It's lovely. Uh, for our tens of fans who are somewhere else, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry, but feel free to come out and visit any time. Yeah, I saw that flooding last week in New Orleans, and I was like, damn. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we just, we're, we're not in town right now, so it's, like, just in time to not be in town. Like, that was some madness. That wasn't even anything but some normal rain. It was just, like, they, and then they tried to act like nothing was wrong. You know, they were like, oh, none of the pumps could have handled that amount of rain. It was an abnormal amount of rain. Then it was like, oh, two pumps weren't working. Oh, four pumps weren't working. Oh, nine, 16 pumps, Don. 16 pumps. 16. Failed. How, they were not working. How does that even happen? Uh, you know, how does that I, even I, happen? I, I don't even want to know, because if I probably found out, it would just make me angry, and I, I don't want to be angry anymore today. I want to be happy, and you know what makes me happy is when we can discuss all about entertainment. And let's start off with the elephant in the room, the Dark Tower. Now, uh. Just for full disclosure, I never read any of the books. I am not a Dark Tower connoisseur as Miss Stewart. Yeah. So coming from having not read the books okay, and seeing the movie in an awesomely empty theater at 11 o'clock in the morning, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't totally empty. I think there was like three other people, but you, you get the gist. I watched and I was like, I was a pleasantly entertained let's okay let's, let's, I, I'll say that um the story or nothing blew me away it you know it I think I might have thought of it might have been something on a, maybe on a more epic scale mm-hmm. and I think that could have been accomplished if they Lord of the Rings did you know like say broke it down into like three movies maybe right. put more detail in maybe more world building in it Gave us time to absorb it. Exactly. But just, but again, since I didn't know all that backstory. Sure. And just taking it what it was, I was like, okay, I like Idris. Idris is the man doing his thing. I thought McConaughey was great. I loved his bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the kid, eh, well, I've I've always never really cared much for kids in, in movies or TV shows. I find them annoying most of the time. The kid was okay. The, the, story-wise, I was... It's 
serviceable. It felt very... Again, since it was a short movie, I mean, I didn't necessarily understand who these people were or, or you know lots of details I didn't really get I just had to sort of roll with it and just be like look just it is what it is it's just as one movie so I'm just gonna have to have some of these questions sure but I don't want to it wasn't bad again it was enter- it was regular yeah it was pleasantly entertaining it was regular sure. it was fine I just walked out I was like Okay, um, it didn't leave a sour taste in my mouth. I mean, sure. it, it it was almost. I mean, and and maybe this is, uh, I guess, what what could be considered a bad thing. It was almost kind of forgettable. Because to be quite honest, I don't right. really remember a whole bunch of details. The only thing I do remember is uh, I enjoyed McConaughey, I enjoyed Idris, and everything else was just like. Okay. Sure. And that, that, that's really it, you know? And I feel like that is my biggest problem with the movie is like why it left a sour taste in my mouth is because they took this epic hero's journey story and they turned it into a young adult um, Harry Potter meets the Hunger Games by making this kid the main character. And you know, he's I can, not. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good. That's a like, good. Like he's not yeah. special. He's not psychic. Like he does have a little bit of the shine, but it's not about him realizing his magical potential. Like it's that same story we get over and over again with these young adult books that turn into young adult movies that are like, you know, this kid who, you know, everybody shits all over and suddenly he realizes that he's the magical one and he can save the universe. And it's like that's not what the book is at all. Like what it is is the reason why Jake has these dreams about the Dark Tower and Roland and everything is because in this for, in the first book, the it's all about Roland. It's his journey to the tower. And Jake is a trap by the man in black. Like the man in black is trying to put deterrence in his way. And one of them in the in the first book that's like the main meat of the first book is this whole town of people that Roland tries to help, but he winds up killing everybody in the town because Walter laid a trap for him there with them being like he made them into like a religious zealot and they all tried to kill him. And he has so he winds up killing an entire town of people. So Roland's a very complicated character because on the one hand, you're supposed to root for him. But on the other hand, he's like putting a bullet between the eyes of like kids and shit. But they're trying to kill him, too. So it's like you kind of have to roll with it. And it's like that's what makes him such an unforgettable character. And then Walt, like once he, he passes through that trap and he keeps going, Walter brings this kid over and drops him in the middle of the desert at a way station as another trap. And Roland gets put into a position where he has to choose between letting this kid die or chasing after Walter in the tower. And in the book, he lets the kid die. And that's his fatal mistake. And if this is a sequel, we're led to believe like maybe this time he'll save the kid 
And that's what ultimately leads him to helping the tower is because he made the right choice this time. So the kid, like he, in, in, in the original story, like he lets the kid die and then like he meets his other companions and then they kind of backtrack in time and they pick Jake up again before he gets killed, before he gets brought over by Walter. Cause what happens is, Walter pushes him in front of a bus and he dies in his world. And that's how he gets brought over into Roland's world. So then when they backtrack and he doesn't die, he starts going crazy because he is living two timelines simultaneously, one where he died and one where he didn't die. And so he like, they bring him back over into Roland's world. So his brain, like his two different realities merge together. And then he becomes a traveling companion later. That's why he has dreams about the tower and he has dreams about Roland because he's living in a time. Like he's, he's living like two distinct timelines at once, but he's not special. He's not like the one person who can bring the tower down. Like, it's not like that at all. He's a side character and he's, he's literally an obstacle in Roland's path. Or, you know, his redemption. And so for them to even, like, he, like, I was hoping, like, he would have had the choice between letting Jake die or chasing after Walter and make the right choice. Like, that's what I was hoping for. But it was a fucking tragedy. He never even got the option to make that choice. Like, that choice was off the table. It was all about Jake being some magical Neo character. And and he's not, he wasn't that. He was a catalyst for Roland to be a better man. And that's, that's like they took this great story and this great character and they made it forgettable. Yeah. So you know? so would you would you say having read the books and knowing the story? Okay, then is did this uh, in their attempt were they really a sequel? then or or were they trying to actually just rehash what is in the books like literal stories from in the books or were they They didn't they didn't really they combined a bunch of stuff like Mm -hmm. they didn't like the the kids who are breaking the tower it's not as concrete as all that like like it wasn't their psychic powers like destroying this tower like like Mm -hmm. the way they had it like exploding sauron's eye or whatever it was it's more like in roland's reality say that you know it's just like ours except for you know technology has advanced and there's like these you know ai and all this stuff and then a thousand years after that after like a nuclear calamity you have like this wild west situation where it's like a mad max meets Mm -hmm. you know stranger with no name western but there's you know weird robots everywhere that nobody knows how to use but sort of still work and like they kidnap the kids with these robots that are repurposed theme park robots. Like they're the green goblin from Spider-Man and they like use Harry Potter snitches because they're like repurposed theme park animatronics to capture kids. Like it's all kinds of like crazy shit like that. So they're living in this, this, this weird wild west hyper technological dystopia. And then they're capturing the kids to bring down the tower but what it was is like this this technological company called North Central Positronics kind of I think they invented some kind of way to travel between universes and it fucked things up. So to fix it and keep things stabilized, they created this this uh, these stations around their world that produce some kind of electromagnetic field, the spokes in that wheel. 
that they had when they when Jake was like he was yes, showing him that's the right. in the field. Yeah. Like at each end of those spokes is like a center for that the this technological company created to create these these beams. And then the center is the tower and that's the thing that holds the universes together because with their technology they fuck things up. So that was their attempt to fix things. But now that the world is winding down and nobody knows how to keep these things going, they're sort of just running on shoestrings and hope. And the psychic kids, their their brain waves are breaking the beams. They're breaking the these electromagnetic beams that are holding the tower up. And the really interesting thing about it was they're living in this town, this like artificial town, and they are being treated like they're special and they're given like prizes for breaking like like working the most hours. And for them it feels good to use this psychic power that in their worlds, wherever they're from, you know, they're maybe punished for or threatened for or treated like witches or not, or, you know, treated as mentally unstable or, you know, they're bullied because they're misunderstood. So they're living in this town and they're treated like, you know, like big man on campus and they're special. It's like, this is where all the Harry Potter kids are really doing is they're destroying the universe and they don't know it. They, they enjoy it. Like it feels pleasurable to them to break these beams, to use their power to its full potential. And that's, what's so insidious about it. Like it wasn't like a torturous Guantanamo situation where it's clearly wrong, right? you know? And that made it less interesting. Like it, it was like, clear like this is right and this is wrong like in the book it's a lot less clear like the kids don't want to be rescued some of them you know they're enjoying what they're doing like they're getting attention and praise and love like they had never gotten before and so that made it less interesting to make it be like a torture kidnap situation it was like okay like it seemed like every choice they made made it less interesting it made it more Harry Potter, which is, you know, fine for Harry Potter, but we've already we've already got Harry Potter. Like, we don't need another one. I will say I, I think that the, the only comparison I, I will make to, to Harry Potter is, well, I can't really make a comparison to Harry Potter. I'm, I'm just going to say since I don't know the books that well, and I, I will have to defer to you, I think everything you said just solidifies the fact that they should have thought bigger and yeah. and had – I understand they sort of thought it was risky. It, it, it's a sort of like a new uh, – it's, it's, it's not a rehash. You know, it's not a sequel to something. It's kind of a, a brand new project, so they, they didn't act exactly know the, the audience, but they should have known – the source material better and they should have realized that it it you can't it's not meant to be condensed in a one-off like that right they condensed eight novels yeah. into that's one so... 90 minute movie because he got to the tower in the end and and that was the thing too is roland wasn't just trying to stop the tower from falling he was trying to go inside like once they defeated walter and the tower was safe he like walked away that was it. And it's like, that's not it. That's not the end. Like, he has to get to the tower. Because you uh, you saw, like, there was, like, these graffiti on the walls that were saying, all hail the Crimson King or whatever. The right. Crimson King is the real main bad guy of the Dark Tower series. He lives in the tower, and he's, like, the true agent of chaos who's kind of gone insane. And Walter's trying to bring the tower down to free him, not just for the sake of bringing it down. Oh, okay, okay, okay. 
So, I, so then, I'm surprised you even. I mean, you've, you've sort of given it like a tepid uh, review. I'm, I'm, I'm a little shocked that it's even tepid. It, it really well, seems I'm, like it kind movie, of. Dis- that's why tepid is because I like the movie as a movie, but mm-hmm. it's not an adaptation. It was fine. It was just fine. And for as material as as dense as that, fine is unacceptable. So it was acceptable then? If I had never read The Dark Tower, any of it, mm-hmm. and I wasn't attached to it and I didn't know the story, it was fine. It was like The Maze Runner or whatever. It, I, like, I never read The Maze Runner, so it was fine. You know, <laughs> like, I never read Divergent series, so it's fine. Like, it, th- those movies are fine. They're whatever. You know, so it's like they're they're decent, they're enjoyable. Like Idris Elba was great as that character. Matthew McConaughey was great as that character. But there was so much more to both of those characters. And I felt like, too, you know, and, and I hate saying it, but if Idris Elba hadn't been cast as Roland, would they have let Roland be the main character? Hmm, interesting. Like, if it had been Matthew McConaughey was Roland, would that movie have been more about Roland's journey? And would we have gotten the town of Tull that he destroyed? Like, you could have seen how they could have they could have made Jake come through and and he was and he tells him the story of this town. And then he gets put in the same situation where he has to chase the bad guy or save the kid. I will say, you know, save the kid. And then that leads into the sequel. Like, I will. I will only I will I will only disagree with that because the fact of the very fact of having Idris Elba in that you have a name and you've got a damn good actor should I would have thought would be even more of an impetus to then w- develop more of his story because no. you, you 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 have you have the character in good hands you know what I'm saying I feel I don't think so. I really? don't think no. I because think it, to me it would, it would only have it would only have made sense to do it that way, you know, rather I than Idris if, Elba is not as trusted as a bankable, marketable leading okay. man as Matt McConaughey. Now, now that is Hollywood's fault. That's what I'm saying. Like oh. I'm not disagreeing. I'm not saying like he couldn't have done it. I'm saying mm. the producers of the movie. Oh, I see what you're saying. Were like they just didn't put any faith in him. Correct. For some stupid ass reason, to carry a movie for audiences about him doing this, like people were, you know, kind of tepid about his interpretation of Roland, and I feel like that was a script issue. That wasn't Idris oh, Elba. Like, he did the oh. best that he could do with the material that he had. Absolutely, he just didn't have all the material. Oh, oh no, that's yeah, that's ridiculous because it's obvious he. he I mean, it's not like he didn't even have he doesn't even have a whole ton of lines anyway. He's not right. they, they they don't make him very talkative anyway. And right. S- and so he o- he can only work with what. They well, do. Roland doesn't talk much, but like when he gets um his hand hurt. Right. In in the uh, in the books, it's it he gets his hand hurt in a different way. Like it's not um he doesn't get shot. Like he gets like mm-hmm. there were these monsters that like eat two of his fingers off, but. He almost dies. Like he gets to Jake's Earth and recovers almost immediately. Like he's 
he becomes like he's this invulnerable character that suddenly becomes vulnerable and like you see more of his willingness like he teaches jake how to be a gunslinger because he can't use one of his hands he teaches his companions like to to take his place because he knows that he might not make it to the end of his journey but he can train them and like he becomes not the last gunslinger like i like that character would have been so great for idris elba if it had been allowed to be what it was Hmm. i I would have to agree with you there it was Um, it was forgettable like it was just a yeah. decent movie that I'll watch on a Saturday if it comes on TNT and I'm at the gym. Yeah. It's not what it could have been. And then to, the fact that he saved the tower and Walter's dead, like there there is no place for a sequel necessarily. That's true. They've they've sort of well, let's put it this way. You know they can always bring back any character they want to. They'll make something up, but I I I I think they've they've sort of the way they did this movie they closed the door. Yeah, I, I I think that any chance uh, a they didn't even make this movie well enough to, to to warrant this the sequel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean they 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 they, they screwed the pooch on it. They never gave it a chance, unfortunately. Like they showed the horn, and then Matthew McConaughey said a few cryptic times about last time on the wheel, old friend. To, uh, yeah. To the fact that they've been doing this, but they never gave you any glimpse they never gave you, of, like, of what he was talking about. If what, you didn't know what he was talking about, you wouldn't know what he was talking about. I remember about. that line, and the only reason I – and the, the first thing I thought was I was like, oh, yeah, I remember Sherry saying that actually in the story that it's because they've been doing this dance for eternity. Right. And – that's the only reason I thought of it. Where again, without reading, without somebody telling me, having not read the books, I mean, those lines would have just kind of passed me by. Sure, almost as throwaways. Right, and it's it's kind of a shame because when you think about how much how much history there is with those two characters, it there should have been something deeper to right. that, or it should have evoked something more. But you know, listen. And then there's some shit that goes down where Walter has an affair with Roland's mom. Like, and so that's why he's really after him is because he drove a wedge between his parents and is responsible for his father's death, but not as he didn't kill his father. Like yeah. That, yeah. But he's responsible for his father's death. And it's just like Matthew McConaughey's character was so much more interesting than, than they, they let it just be him saying cool shit and you know being creepy for no reason yeah <laughs> like, but, he had reason to be creepy like he wasn't creepy for no reason but but matthew mcconaughey you know pulls off saying cool shit yeah in, like in a cool fucking way yeah. it, but it could have been more yeah it yeah totally it yeah i mean and the series they're doing is uh of book four which is a prequel of roland and his his i think it starts he like he's telling the story of his first mission as a gunslinger so he's like 14 his parents are still alive and they're you know the the world hasn't quite moved on it's a really interesting it's like a, a knights of the round table king arthur situation but it's kind of wild westy but then there's also like weird technology that sort of works but is starting to go bad and mm-hmm. they're living in a castle but there's like you know wagons and there's people out in the desert who worship gas pumps. Like it's a really interesting world if they do the series correctly, but it it's 
it's Roland in his childhood, so it's separate from the rest of the the series. Like it's 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 like its own thing. Like it can be its own contained series of Roland as a young gunslinger before the events of this movie. I see. Like he has his other traveling companions that are like these boys that he trained with and, and then, you know, they, they're fighting the wars because the Crimson King in that tower had like religious zealot followers too. Like that there was like this war that was happening, you know, and Walter was like an agent in the war. And Roland's really like a thousand years old, like because of this journey he's been on forever and, and like his, his everything, like the world's moved on. Like he's out of time in the world that we watch in the movie, the dark tower, like it's just so unfortunate. Like that's why it was okay. It was, a, it was okay, but it was really unfortunate. Like there was so much they could have done yeah. Like I about when, if, when Ron Howard had it or, you know, the other incarnations when it was going to be three movies and, and launch into a series and, and this 90 minute garbage fire, <laughs> Damn it! Like I, garbage fire. That's like, oh, the book is so much better than the movie. Like in general, like I'm not really that kind of a movie watcher. Like I, I enjoy movies and I enjoy books separate as separate entities. But this had such potential and it went sideways into mediocrity. Yeah, unforgivable. It, listen, all I know is, just hurry up. And make Idris Elba James Bond, please. Let, let's just do this. See, that's what I'm saying. It's that whole mentality against making Idris Elba James Bond is what I'm talking about. It just let, let's let's finally do this. Let's make it happen. It it's about goddamn time. That's right. all I'm gonna say. That, that's yeah. I mean, if so, if 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 I was to give this like a, on a one out of ten, I'd probably give this a six and a half. You know, because I, from again not having read the books. It's fine. It's passable. It's just not uh, memorable. Great performances from the right. two leads, but the movie itself, it, it's it's just not memorable. Right. That's you know. So it's it's just it's kind of meh. Yeah, in the it's middle. kind of meh. it was like middle of the road. And yeah. the thing with the kid too, like they they arbitrarily changed his story, like his his parents. You know, like in the books his parents were very, very wealthy and they just didn't pay any attention to him whatsoever. Mm. Like he was living in park Avenue and he was wearing like a little suit and tie going to school. He was taking care of himself. And he had like his, his closest relationship was with his housekeeper who would make his lunch every day. But even theirs was like a business professional shake hands relationship. And so that's why he took to Roland so quickly because he didn't have parents that could, that could be his, like his father wasn't dead. His father was still alive. He was just an asshole. Like <laughs> his mother was a drunk. <laughs> and he that's why, you know, the character who would have been my character was like his surrogate mother and Roland was like his surrogate father. And that's where he found his place. And that was part of Roland's journey because he was a zealot for this tower and, and Walter. And to put family over his zealotry was finally making the right choice and helping him to reach the tower. Like he was making the wrong choices. Like letting Jake die was a wrong choice. And the, he just, just Elba didn't have any choices. Like he just was on this very straight path yeah. Yeah. to McConaughey. It was like very linear, like nothing deviated. He didn't have any hard decisions to make. It was just 
point the gun and shoot straight. Yeah. And, and yeah, and, and even some of that as and even some of that they left a lot to be desired. It, it could even that could have been more interesting. But uh, you know, listen. Right. Um I'm uh, I'm back in my man Id- Idris. He only worked with what yeah. he had, so But I tell you what, um if you get a chance, I don't know what kind of cable you have, but um Mr. Mercedes on the Audience Network, which this is a GD tragedy that oh, it's on Lord. the Audience Network. Oh Lord. No, no, Don, it's so good. Oh really? Yes. It is one of the best Stephen King adaptations I've seen so far, just oh. from the pilot episode, because the Audience Network had it where you could watch the pilot episode online. Mm-hmm. But it's a tragedy because it's on the Audience Network, and who the hell has that? Yeah, there's commercials, aren't there? No, it's like the Audience Network is like on Dish. Oh, like, wait, there's no commercials. It's I like a. Or no, you, or you like don't a, know. It's like a, a Dish Network channel. Oh, crap. Yeah, like who the hell has Dish? I or guess. I think you have to have like an AT and T. Maybe you can get it with UVerse, but it's like one of those channels that nobody gets. <laughs> I guess what'll have to happen is if I'm accidentally searching the interwebs and right. come across. Well, the first the episode, the pilot, they the Audience Network has it available to stream on their website. Yeah. Because I watched it and it was phenomenal. Like I would say watch that immediately before they take it down <laughs> <laughs> yes before so, before i accidentally stumble across before you accidentally epi- stumble across on the a... into it, it you know sometimes you just stumble across these things on the like, interwebs pay for it put it on netflix like i i don't understand why i'm not gonna get a satellite dish so i can watch one tv show oh absolutely not. but yeah. it's good enough that you consider it for a second but at least it tried I wish they would stream it. Like, hopefully, eventually they'll stream it on Netflix or you know Amazon Prime or something because it's really good. Like it, it re. Oh, listen! my summer I have, of Stephen King adaptations. I have no doubt it's coming, especially with Netflix. They're taking over the world. I mean, they just got uh, Shonda Rhimes. I saw so, that. I'm like, God, da-. let me tell you something. I definitely think within within our lifetimes. The major networks are, if 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 they're not going to be either irrelevant or gone, they're going to have to jump to the sort of the the streaming model of of content. To- well, they're already starting to kind of do that. Like CBS has their CBS All Access, which is annoying as fuck because yeah. the new Star Trek's on that instead of actually on CBS. So you yeah. have to pay for that. But and but but. Like, I- I think that they're going to have to like on their their broadcast channels. Right. They're going to have to kind of adopt a um, a Netflix ish look. And what I think they'll do. Have is, you be able to watch everything? And... Well, what what I think they'll do is they'll do what the British have done for decades. Is I mean, all their shows are shown commercial free, and the commercials are just in those blocks at the beginning or the very end. You know what sure. I'm saying? Sure. So if in nothing the, else. Sure. Right. If nothing else, they'll still get their ad revenue, but they'll kind of give that um, streaming feel to it to where people can can just kind of watch their shows in continuous blocks and get through. You know what I mean? Right. So it, it's just an idea, but 
those those networks are definitely going to have to to try to keep up uh, some. ABC's already making the bad decision of pulling from Netflix. Disney, you saw that, right? Disney. Oh, I saw Disney. Yeah. That's ABC. So that's all the ABC shows that I watch on like Hulu and stuff. And then it's going to be, you know, anything you watch on Netflix from Marvel to Star Wars to whatever else is in their Disney catalog, all the, the, you know, the animated stuff. And they're going to, it's like, how many streaming services can you have? We have Amazon, we have Netflix, we have HBO, we have Hulu, we have Hulu Plus with Showtime. And it's like, Mark has WWE Network, then there's like ESPN All Access, and yeah. there's NBA. I, it, it, like, before you know it, you're back to having a cable package, you're paying $120 they're, for... They're, they're going to crash the, well, what's going to happen is, they're going to crash the market, and they're going to flood it with, I mean, don't get me wrong, this generation is now a sort of a pay by the month sort of sure. mentality but yeah. at a certain point there's just too many of them to do that and they're they're going to crash it and then they're all going to coalesce again under one roof because basically the the, the the they're all just cannibalizing each other and when you have that many there's no way they're going to get everybody's you know $20 a month Right. When they realize, look, if we all fall under, like, say, the Netflix or Hulu umbrella, we'll we'll be guaranteed to be getting a piece, even if nobody is literally watching, like, our channel on there. Right. Like, I'm not paying, you know, for Disney Network. I'm just not going to do it, the stream. I'm not going to pay oh, right. for CBS All Access. I'm just not. You know, Adult Swim is starting to do that. Like, like, like no, they're going to make no. their own thing where it's like, I'm not going to do that. I love Rick and Morty, but I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not paying for another streaming service. Yeah, I'm, I'm not paying a streaming service for each and every single channel because it, it's, right. it's just getting ridiculous. Because you're right. It, it, it almost pushes you right back to, I, I might as well just keep my cable package because I'm basically paying the same thing. To have to want to get package and get a DVR and don't miss anything. Boom, exactly. But that's—I mean—I feel like that's what they're pushing us back to. Where yep. you know. Yeah, I mean, in 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 their rush to to get that Netflix money and all, which I can understand it at first, but then not realizing that. Listen, if all of you fools do that, you're just pushing people right back to either the cable box or just not deal with you all anymore because it's it becomes too much there's too many of you you know i mean not everybody wants you know 12 um, monthly payments to be pulled out of their account and i mean it's like whoa what am i doing right i mean you're you're just cannibalizing each other and you know it'll it'll rise to a dizzying ridiculous amount and then it will slowly but surely those that realize we can't afford to do it anymore They'll jump back to either Netflix or Hulu, let them, you know, host it or, or stream it and, you know, take whatever smaller bit of money and be happy with it. Right. Basically. Because um, it was like one nice little sweet spot where it was like Hulu and Netflix, like Hulu was Showtime, Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Go, plus my internet service. Oh, boom. That had me underneath what I was paying for cable, you know, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. But I still had everything. And now they're slowly like taking it away and taking yeah. it away. Taking yeah. it away. So it's, it's like, yeah, it's too much. It's going to be too much. We are broke AF. Girl, you, you, you are preaching <laughs> to the choir. 
You were preaching to the choir. Now, you also went out and saw Girls Trip, correct? Yes, correct. Now, I'm going to um, let you – well, l- let me just ask. From from the uh, black woman perspective, which you have on lock um, – I, I like to think so. Yeah. Just, just your – you've come out of the movie theater. What was your first reaction? Mm, it wasn't as funny as I as it was hyped up to be. It okay. wasn't. I'm not saying it was unfunny. Like if I had been in the movie theater with a group of girls and we were a little bit tipsy, that movie would have been the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it was that kind of movie going experience. Yeah, of course, of course. But just to see it in the morning in an empty theater <laughs> by myself, essentially. Like, <laughs> It was like it's a it's a much more sobering experience. Like it was well acted. Like the actors were all wonderful. Tiffany Haddish is crazy. Oh yeah, I love it. And her. she's you know a national treasure. And a lot of it was improv. It was a little bit sloppy. Um, there wasn't as much like the 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 comparison I'm making is to The Hangover. Like The Hangover had a lot more moving parts. Like there were, you know, the three guys and then they're trying to find their friend, but none of them remembers what happens. And then there's like this drug deal situation going on. And then you got Chen coming in and then they're being like chased, but also chasing. And there was a lot more moving parts to it. And then there's shenanigans in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Like this didn't have as many moving parts. It was just these friends and they kind of had drifted apart and they're coming back together. And, you know, dealing with you know broken relationships it was is very you know relationship heavy but it was you know it was funny and it was solid um it i don't i think it was right on par with bridesmaids as far as like how funny it was like it was funny and it was watchable it was just like and it was nice Mm -hmm. yeah nice and refreshing that you know it wasn't about the struggle but it was still about relationship drama and a woman realizing she doesn't need to keep a an unhealthy relationship because she's afraid to be alone you know that kind of thing like that same story that we as black professional women get over and over and over again mm-hmm. um, it wasn't necessarily yeah i mean and, and then the main guy was uh what's his face from uh, luke cage was her husband who was like cheating on her or whatever i don't know if i'm spoiler alert and giving that away but that's like it comes out pretty early and that's the main catalyst of the movie is her husband's infidelity. And so he's very one-sided character. Like he's, they're just trying to keep their marriage together because of it's profitable for them. Cause they're like a celebrity couple. Like, and they have like this lucrative Martha Stewart deal that they want to keep together, but he's, you know, doing what he's going to do. And it's like, he's there's not much for him to do like you don't get a sense of who he is or why he cheated or anything he's just there for her to either forgive or be mad at and you don't get a real sense of who he is as a person like he's very one-dimensional character like a lot of the side characters are very one-dimensional characters right the women are decent and and you know they at least have two dimensions to them um I felt like Queen Latifah's character and Regina Hall's character, they like they, if they took the hangover, them together was Bradley Cooper. They just like split that that character in half. 
And then uh, Tiffany Heddish was like the Zach Galifianakis and uh, Jada Pinkett was the Ed Helms. Like that's kind of how it went. Oh, okay. All right. Like character. (laughs) So having four instead of three, the dynamic is different. You have to find something for all four of them to do. Um, Ed Helms is in this movie? No, I'm saying like, Compared to the hangover. Oh, I see. Like, oh, oh, sorry. Like sorry. Jada Pinkett was the Ed oh, Helms character. Like okay. she's the one that's like uptight and kind of nerdy, but all like the embarrassing stuff happens too. And then uh, Tiffany Haddish is like the out of control agent of chaos character who, <laughs> love even it. though she's not as awkward <laughs> and, and un- unlikable as Zach Galifianakis in a way that you like him, she's more likable, but she's also that kind of kind of stereotype loud angry black woman character yeah but she her as a person brings so much to it to a potentially you know one-dimensional character but that's the strength of her as an actress not necessarily the the strength of the script Mm -hmm. or the direction like it could have gone badly if they had different actresses like it could have just been one of those that maybe goes in the red box for a day so is it worth the matinee? Oh, or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely worth the matinee. Not, not so much like uh, an 8 p.m. full ticket price. It's only worth an 8 p.m. full ticket price if you're out with your girlfriends and y'all had some drinks at the MacGuffin's bar outside the AMC and y'all are just having a good time and you're going in a group. <laughs> if you're like, it's not really, a, I wouldn't go on a date to go see that. I wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily go by myself to go see that at 8 p.m. But in a group of girls who were kind of tipsy, it's worth the 8 p.m. price. <laughs> there's so few offerings out there for, for women movies like that. But let me tell you, the the Bridge Theater, mm-hmm. uh, I, I guess, is it the Bridge or is it the Rave now? I don't know. The Howard Hughes Center, Cinemark 18 XD. I thought the $6.35 or whatever matinee was a matinee price on Tuesdays. Don. No, it's if you tell me, if you tell me Don. that is the regular price, don't. It's all d- day. D- it's all day on Tuesdays. It's all day. I don't want to hear it. All, I'm like, I'm gonna just start going there on Tuesdays and then just staying all day and watching like five movies in a row for six dollars. <laughs> you bet your ass, woman. Like Tuesday, we can't do any more shows on Tuesday because I'm gonna be at the movie theater getting my movie on <laughs> for six dollars all day. I thought it was just the matinee. I didn't even look at any later times because I just assumed because listen, discount. L- 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 let's be honest. The, the, one of the things that makes it a little, I would say, well, it, it, a little tough to try to, to, to see all the movies you sort of want to see, at least you, you want to see when they're in the theaters, sure. is, you know, th- these ticket prices. I mean, the, the, the cheapest I can find for, for matinee is like 10, 11 bucks. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. other Cinemark is, was it like nine ninety five, And then the AMC was like 12 Yeah. It, it, it's around there, which, th- th- with the amount of movies out there, that shit adds up. Right, it adds up. That when you shit. Start getting a press pass, something like critics, S- critics pass. <laughs> S- seriously, I need one of those because, I mean, that's, and, and then obviously you have to find the time to have to devote a good two and a half hours in your day that just has to be blocked off for 
at least one movie. And God forbid if you want to see two. Right. You know, that's like five hours done. But but the, the, that pricing, $6. And it's all day on Tuesdays at the – I mean, oh. that might be worth, you that's... know, bringing the family up. <laughs> get, get in the car. We are going to the movies all day. All day. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we'll split up and just bounce around. We'll we'll meet here at 10 p.m. <laughs> Break. <laughs> But um, yeah, I was I was shocked because I was like, we could go to the movies tonight. Like that's it was twenty dollars yeah. at the uh, the AMC Marina Del Rey. Nighttime price is nineteen ninety nine. That's amazing. That's amazing. But you know, I'm gonna um, once I when get Girl more... Trip comes out in the red box, yeah. you guys, you could totally rent that. Like it's great. Oh yeah, I, I had a feeling. It, well, let's put it this way. I had my fingers crossed and I said, no matter what, please make this movie entertaining. Oh, yeah. Please, because I like all the women in it and I just want to make sure that when – I just want to make sure that we can get four black women in a movie. And it doesn't have to be a black movie. Right. It could just be a funny movie. Right, it's not about race. It's not necessarily about the struggle. Like, I, you know, it's like, yeah. I'm. Those movies are fine and they're important and they have their place. But it's it's hard when you have like this this where you're limited by respectability politics as a filmmaker or you know an actor or an artist, and you want to create. Like, I want to make a sci-fi show, so I did, and I don't want it to be you know. And it's that's what I want to watch. That's what I want to be in. And it's like I don't like being told that I, I can't get funding because it's not important enough. It's not about, you know, Martin Luther King or Malcolm X. It's not about the struggle. It's not about civil rights. It's not about slavery. Like it, it's just like, like black people don't exist in the future. Like they expect us to be extinct or something. Like I just don't understand why, you know, and, and it's nice to have, we're kind of moving past that a little bit as far as narratives where everybody's not so, precious with everything like you can't do a certain role because how would it look mm, yeah. you can't be in a certain kind of movie because what would people say like you have to reflect positively on the black community like you you have to produce a certain message and it's like it has to have a message like it can't just be entertaining like you, you know, know what uh, I'm, I'm hoping with with starting well i mean it started much earlier but like people like Oprah and now Shonda Rhimes, they're, they're really kind of within entertainment. They're, I, I like to call it, they're fubuing it for us by us because yeah. that's kind of, the, you know, it's sort of the mentality you just have to have. You're like, you know what, if, if I want something for me, I'm going to have to make it, you know, us. It's got to be made by us. So I'm hoping more, more of my, um, my brown brothers and sisters, uh, and, and, and my Latinos and Indians and, and whatever minority you are, you know, pick up and 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 realize it's 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 got to be pushed, it's got to be made, it's got to be supported uh, uh, by us and 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 by support. Go out with with your money. Go out, talk about it. Go out and push, and and just make sure that you don't let those ridiculous. Hollywood notions of what's successful, what will sell, what people actually want right. to see, they, you know, just they don't know 
talking about? Look, it's it's all a crapshoot. Half the time, they're they're more than half the time they're winging it, and they don't really know. And when when something sticks and works, all of a sudden they think they're geniuses, but they're not. So it's really all in our hands. And uh, if you know what you want, if you know what you want to see, if you know what you want to make, you either support it or you go do it. And that's that's all you need to know. And to hell with whatever the supposed experts um, kind of say. I will say I am I am kind of angry at our tens of listeners out there that none of them pointed out to me the show Power and told me how awesome that is. I've been hearing good things about Power. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Because I've been I've I've sort of heard things, but you know, I'm like so behind on all the great shows that are out there because it's just so many. Yeah, Glow so, was really good if you haven't gotten a chance I, to see I haven't gotten a chance out. to see that. So now I, I I always remember somebody people keep telling me about power. And I'm you know, I hear that now season four is coming out, so I'm way behind. Right. What? So on Hulu it's got two seasons. So I start watching it. Okay. And all of a sudden I'm like, holy shit. This is a good sh-. now let's let's get things straight. It doesn't reinvent the wheel. It doesn't you know, you know, so, some of the cliched characters are there, but but it 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 has such a good I won't say soap opera, is not but it it has such a good drama filled all the time in every episode that you always feel something is about to explode sure. that is kind of awesome like how the first season of empire was yes yes and so far i've watched two seasons and every episode it's almost like <laughs> nuclear war is about to happen in terms <laughs> of just the sheer destruction of people that's about to go down um it, 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 which is it's I, not so much refreshing because you, you, you've you've seen the story, but it's refreshing in that it's 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 so it's almost tension filled every episode. You're just watching, and even what's supposed to be a calm moment, you're just thinking this shit's about to go sideways. This is literally <laughs> about it, and it it, it kind of does. I, I have to say, the the acting is great. Because I've always found you know acting is good when there's certain characters that when they do something, you're like, now, it pisses you off. Because you're like, now, why'd you go and fuck that up? I mean, when when you get invested that way, when right. characters piss you off or when you hate certain characters, you immediately know, okay, they're doing a good job. So I have to give points there. I have to give credit to, to 50 Cent and... And kind of put he's executive producer. He's also in it, and he's great in it. Really? Oh yeah. Well, listen, he's he's playing a drug dealer. He's playing a streetwise cat. He he throws in his charisma in there, which really helps. So look, don't sleep on Fifty. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be playing you know president of the United States in a in a movie anytime soon, but. (laughs) He, well, I know he was trying, like he was trying to be an actor for a while, and he did that one movie where he lost all that weight, and right, you know, it was like I feel like maybe he's been taking lessons or something like. Uh, like he absolutely, absolutely. A, he, he absolutely has, and he's smart. He's like B, play something that he's a bit more comfortable in portraying. You know, kind of. I see him as you know, get that under your belt, and then you can start slowly but surely parlaying other things in so right. he he's great 
all the other actors are great. I mean, it's just I'm surprised again. It 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 doesn't have to reinvent the wheel. It's not some whole incredibly unique retelling of this story, but each of the characters it kind of after an even after the first episode I was like you know what, I need to watch what's happening in the next one here. Because this shit's about to blow the fuck up. It, it's it's crazy. And so I have to give credit to the writing. Um, it's, although, I had to tell my friends. Cause, and I'm going to blame also my 10th listeners who never warned me. Within the first season, if I have to see another man's naked ass, I was <laughs> like, good lord. How much of a man's naked, but now don't get me wrong. There's some naked female booty in there, but there is a lot of man ass in that first season. I was like, good <laughs> just, God. Just a lot of man ass. Just, just man ass. And it's fine. You know, we're, we're all adults here. It's not a big deal. But I'm like, good God. Just Speaking of a lot of man ass, uh, yeah. Mark and I watched um, the HBO movie Behind the Candelabra yesterday. Oh, uh, the Liberace, right? Yeah, that was really good, though. Like, But I saw Matt Damon's ass so much in that movie. If that was him, it could have been a body double. I don't know, but it was a lot. Yeah, I I don't know why, but just seeing all that man ass, I was like, yeah, okay, that's a, it's, it's a little much. It's like, okay. Right, you, can, you can overdo it on man ass. You can, you can little, you can, I mean, it obviously wasn't meant for me. They're, you know, trying to pull in the ladies, you know, because all these dudes are, you know, definitely in shape and, you know, naked doing whatever with the their, their female characters. But I'm like, good Lord, can we just we could bring it back? It's 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 tapered down. Thankfully, uh, season two wasn't anywhere near as much man ass as the first one. Uh, <laughs> tapered, thank, <laughs> tapered down a little bit. But um. Uh, man, it's shockingly really good. So, hey, if if you get a chance to watch, I, again, it's almost ridiculous for me to try to recommend shows to people because there's just so many to, to try to get there's into some, it. Right, and that's the thing about oh. this constant a la carte of the streaming services is there's so much content where you can't justify spending an extra $20 where you might watch one show on that service and it's just like these guys have to realize that they're asking too much it's a bridge too far Don <laughs> it's listen I'm it's come to a point to where all you can do is you have the ones you always watch you just keep watching them and you just got to find, you know, when you have that day off, when you just have nothing to do, when you can squeeze another one of those in because it's just so many. I mean, I haven't even got a chance to get into, you know, Game of Thrones, which I'm not even going to to go on that because since this is a good short season, I think there's only two more episodes, which would be like seven. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm going to wait for this season to end and then we can we can fully talk about it because it's, you know, it's, it's short enough that it, we can encapsulate it. But thankfully with, I mean, now there's just only one more, we're finally getting to, but everything is being built up. So 
Yeah, we finally had that epic dragon battle we've been waiting for six the, years we, for. We had that, and, and now finally those White Walkers are almost knocking on the door, so we're about to get into some, some deep shit now. So I'm going to wait for this season to end to finally talk about it. And I have a feeling that the cliffhanger for this season is finally going to be when the full-on war between the dead and the living happen, which you is going so? to... I think that's how that that cliffhanger is going to be because to me it only makes sense because I think the last season is only supposed to be like six episodes. If I'm is this, is this next season coming up? Is that the last season? Yes. Or is there two? I, I heard the one that that's coming up late in 2018 is the last one. It's okay. supposed to only be like six episodes, really okay. short. So to me, what better way than six episodes of all our bloody war? To see yeah, who ends war. up on that Iron Throne at at the end, oh, oh, <laughs> can't wait. I mean, I can't wait for these next two episodes. I would love this. I'm just gonna throw this out here. I've never read any of those books, but I would love it. I would be living my best life if Cersei Lannister got turned into a White Walker and she became like the Queen White Walkers and like went after it. That, oh, I, I I don't know, because I almost want her to to get killed in a very heinous, torturous way. But but, but then she comes back to life as a White Walker, and then and gets it again. Clean. Wow, that would be such a kick in the balls. That'd be kind of awesome. I'd be living my best life. <laughs> that, 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 that would be height like of TV right there for me. That that would be kind of Walker. Oh, oh, that that'd be kind of awesome. Like she's so just terrible. Like, like that would just make it that much more. Like, like you couldn't hate her anymore. <laughs> oh my goodness, that would be kind of awesome. I can't lie on that one. Like she dies in a horrible. Like we get we get all of that that pent up wanting her to die. Like Joffrey, a horrible death. But then she comes back. And you know we get what? the Lady Stoneheart. I guess like Caitlyn Stark was supposed to come back, and she, they did just nix that. But if Cersei Lannister was the Lady Stoneheart, Queen of the White Walkers, I could get on board with that. You know what? I'm gonna go into the HBO offices and and have a little rap <laughs> session with the with the president. Let it. Speaking of HBO, ah, this is all I'm gonna say on it. This is all I'm gonna say. I'm not even going to get into the politics of today because it's going to piss me off too much. Mm-hmm. But after what I thought was after this weekend, and now it turns out to be after today, mm-hmm. and if you don't know what we're talking about, you should have been watching the news, or actually, even by the time you hear this podcast, just turn on your news. It will no doubt be going on for a little while. HBO better take that Confederate idea and um, crumple it up burn it burn it <laughs> and then and then <laughs> then throw it away i'm so conflicted on it too because no, there's, there's there's no conflicted no, because conflicted because the, the, i don't want it to be a thing like, because I don't want it to be a thing. however because a what they thought and and i what they thought they were doing in presenting a fantasy world hmm. fantasy. is not a fantasy what they should have done 
was before deciding we're just going to go ahead with this shit, is why don't you maybe do a little research, look and see who's in the White House, and realize I don't think at this point this show will accomplish what they thought it was going to accomplish. If nothing else, this is really terrible timing. Sure. Because under another administration, they probably could have got this through. Maybe it could have worked. I still think there would have been protests against it. And this would have been incredibly touchy as to how it could have gotten done. But as of right now today, oh, it's it's a terrible idea. They they need to come out and announce, you know what, Uh, we're scrapping that. It's just not going to happen. Because if HBO continues to go through with this, I'm going to have to cancel um, my HBO and purposely bootleg Game of Thrones because <laughs> there's just n- there's there's no way in this with maybe with, conflict that is no. not the right word. I don't support it, and I don't think that it should be a thing. However, mm-hmm. I feel conflicted as an actor. If you got an audition for that show, would you immediately no. be like, "Nah, I'm not doing I, that"? I wouldn't do it because no. then. That that justifies those producers who are like only hiring British black actors because they feel like American let's, actors let's, can't let's, divorce let's, themselves let's, from the slave narrative. Let's put it this way: under a different, um, under a different um, uh, political uh, reality. Sure. If okay, let's say we were under the Obama administration. If Confederate came across my lap to do that. I I think I probably also would have turned it down because I think under that political reality, I would not have wanted to participate in that having a black president. I mean, to me, I, I just it wouldn't to me, it wouldn't have seemed helpful. And but any time. But life, now the, the difference, the the like difference that yes, the difference would have been is if if the U.S. of A. would have long ago come to grips with what it really has in its underbelly and really been working to get that shit right. straight and then that's what I'm saying we ter- done that right and then when this comes along in terms of the fantasy one could have looked back and said yeah you know if we hadn't have gotten our shit together this is what it could have become and sure. I would not have seen a problem in sort of showing that you know for, for the grace of God go but I here's what we could have devolved into that could have been an interesting story but seeing that's, as how I mean, that's- the, the man in the high castle because right. people are trying to compare the two and it's like you know germany has oh, come no. to terms with nazi history exactly and it totally disavowed it to them and and to you know war there they were tried as warm there were trials you know they were war yes. criminals yes and you know americans the confederates were treason like treasonous like they and, were and still traitors being honored in, the in, in a lot they of places Right. Well, they were brought in as senators and, you know, as governors and there were no trials. There were there was no it was only lip service to, you know, like a a smack on the wrist of, you know, don't do that again. Mm -hmm. Don't try to secede from the union again. Like there was never any real. They were just looked at as like the losers of a noble cause. Right. It, It wasn't ever 
looked at as as a shameful part of our nation's history ever right and we've never come to terms with it but that's what i'm saying is there's there would there would never be a political climate in our lifetime where a show like that could have the desired effects that these producers think it would have one would hope but yeah i can't see it not not in our lifetime i don't think it i don't think that would give enough time i would hope so i cross my fingers Maybe, you know, before I eventually check out, there'll be some incredibly great progress to be like, oh, I could see it happening in like five years, totally. But as of right now, with who's leading the country, oh, hell no. Well, and they're also like, they want to, you know, imagine it where slavery has come into as a modern institution. I'm like, what do you call the prison industrial complex? <laughs> like, it, it, we're already, I mean, there's modern day slavery with migrant workers. Like, yeah. it's not a foreign concept to the United States, the idea of slavery in the modern era. It's not gone. Yeah. It's not something that we've eradicated and dealt with. Like, it's very much present in, in a lot of ways, and its effects are still present, like, in a lot of ways. And so it's not really a fantasy revisionist history. It's, it's like a wish fulfillment of, of the, I don't know. No, no, trust me. I understand. So I think they just came about it the wrong way. They did. And I think they were just a little two black writers in there to make it be like, well, I got some black friends that said it's okay for me to say the N word. So obviously it's okay. Right. It's okay. Right. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're not monolith. Like black people don't all march in lockstep with one another. It's not, it's not like that. It's like, you know, to, if you're going to do a show and you want to try to like, this is their words. They're trying to have the society take a look at itself with the, for the betterment of society. They could have, it was clumsy and awkward. And for them to have been ruminating on this for 10 years or whatever, they've been thinking about it. It's like, what's that say about them? They've been fantasizing about a, a, an America where slavery. Well, it's, it's, for 10 it's, years. it's, it's the, it's, it's the, it's the almost it's it's I'll just say it's it's been the blindness to what's just been sitting in in the underbelly what what minorities have been trying to point out and say for so long and almost thankfully oh sure with, almost thankfully with who we have in charge it has it has reared its ugly head and shown how alive and well it is that we can finally say uh see hello this right. is what we've been talking about. It- the shock on like my friends on Facebook, they're having like <laughs> wars on not with people that I know with people in their families and people they know on Facebook. Like I'm just reading it because they're commenting and stuff. And it's like, you know, I got to let these white people sort this out. <laughs> <and stuff." laughs> Seriously. It, again, go get your boy. Go get your right. boy. But they didn't down. believe that this was a thing in 2017 that was still alive. And I guess this is, you know, maybe it's a boil being lanced finally. Finally. We'll, we'll see. We shall see. But, yeah. So hopefully HBO does the right thing, come out with a strong statement saying that that's not going to go forward. Um, you know, maybe admit to being kind of tone deaf on this. But if nothing else, just... Just, just put out. You're not gonna do this. Put that to bed, cause 
you're it, this is not not going to end well for you if they go through with this that's that's all I'm gonna say on that because I don't want to get started because it's gonna, <laughs> it, no, I, girl I can't do it I can't get started can't get started can't get started but um uh, to our tens of listeners though let's not get started on that either let's keep it positive let's keep it rolling um yeah Mr. Mercedes great exactly watch. let's watch power. Mr. Mercedes great. power go see girl trip because it's a good laugh if you have a six to, I want to know you know what? Here's what I want to know from 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 my tens of listeners. Tell me the cheap theater you've got by you guys and how much your tickets are, because I need a good cry. I really do. <laughs> because again, when I came across a theater by me that was like ten bucks, I thought I was in heaven. And then Miss Stewart tells me, and now again, this was just ten dollars up to like you know noon or one o'clock for the matinee. Now, Miss Stewart has six dollars all damn day. Only on Tuesdays. It, it, it don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it don't matter. That kind of hurts my heart. So I just want to know what other incredible uh, uh, ticket prices are in other people's uh, where they live in their communities. I want to hear about it, and I want to just to get as depressed as possible. So uh, let us know, and and you guys know how to get a hold of us. You can email us at uh, tcatpodcast at gmail.com. You can uh, send us a message on our Facebook, facebook.com slash tcatpodcast. You can send us uh, a Twitter message, twitter uh, slash uh, tcatpodcast. You can find us there. You can also uh, leave voicemail, give us a phone call. 504-345-9344. Bam. You can do that. Um, and always remember, you can find the podcast on Stitcher, uh, iTunes, uh, HipCast, uh, TuneIn. Um, leave us your comments. Leave us your ratings. Uh, but as always, just keep downloading it. I see it on HipCast all the time. I see the numbers. We're, we're definitely getting streams, and we're definitely getting downloads. It is absolutely much appreciated. Um, I guess you all are still just a little shy because we haven't gotten much in the way of, of emails or substantive messages yet we do get some messages on facebook i've noticed they're usually really short kind of uh, emoji and and gone uh i have seen likes to a lot of our postings on facebook um mm -hmm. so maybe they're still a little shy and that's cool nothing wrong with that but um let us know uh about your cheap uh, movie ticket prices uh dying to find out uh, and also give me a chance to uh map out where I'm going to be moving to so <laughs> I can take advantage of some of these prices because good lord six dollars oh Jesus six dollars six dollars now like we said before um, we've got some things in the works where we're, we're looking at bringing the the visual show of TKED podcast to you guys uh, we're just trying to figure out whether we're going to have to rent a studio, buy our own equipment to, to make a studio where we'll just meet and, and do it and, you know, see which is cheaper, which makes more sense, as well as some, some other projects, you know, Good Morning Antioch. That's definitely going to be coming at you with something more new and exciting and for, for you guys to enjoy, as well as some other projects, you know, 
We're just kind of hoping to do get out there. Remember, you got to fubu it. You got to fubu it. For us, by us. You want it to be about you. You want to see yourself out there. You got to do it. You got to do it yourself. You've got to, because they're not going to do it for you. They're just not. Or if they do, oh, it's going to be that one shot in the dark. So listen, fubu it yourself, man. Put it out there. It doesn't matter what it is. All you got to do is just get started and just watch the magic happen. Watch it grow. It's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. So, uh, oh, Jesus. Um, did I get everything, Miss Stewart? I think so. I think it did. So remember that. Let us know. Cheap uh, theater. Get out there. Be creative. Do your stuff. Let us know what it is. Hell, we'll, we'll repost it. We'll talk about it. We'll watch it. We'll promote it. We're all about helping each other. That's what we gotta do. So, for myself and Ms. Stewart, see ya.